0: Hey, this morning, uh, if you've got your Bibles, I am um, I'm going to. There we go. I'm, I'm going to finish the series that I started back in October and I ran out of weeks. And uh, so I want to finish my deconstruction series Reject, Reevaluate, and Restore. I want to. Uh, at the beginning, I want to give a parental warning. I'm going to be talking this morning about human sexuality and LGBTQ. I think it's a good Christmas message to launch you into the glories of Christmas, the wonders of the incarnation. So um, I am not going to be gratuitous. I am not going to you know, have any images up there. I do want you to know what the topic is going to be. If you have younger kids who are with you or they are watching online, I'll be to the heart of my message in a few moments. But I did want to give you a moment to make a decision if you have younger kids uh, that are there. Um, so deconstruction, just to go back just uh, a few weeks, just as a reminder, it is the process of internal questioning and reevaluating beliefs and faith. Okay. Now it's primarily young adults who've come through the church who have, are, are in the process of deconstruction. Many times it's publicly on social media. It will be written. A lot of times it's videos. That's where really I became aware of the public deconstruction going on with young adults because I saw a lot of young adults that I was connected with, maybe in my previous job, who were publicly walking away from faith. And I just want to make sure that there is answer and clarity over some of the issues uh, that, they, that they have. So causes of deconstruction. Uh, I've been uh, deeply hurt in the church I feel like God has let me down and disappointments have caused me to doubt him. My experiences in college have caused uh, me to have doubts and questions about my faith. And I want to say that's almost common. Secular universities, you know, uh, when it comes to faith, they, you know, they are almost evangelistic in their anti-faith, anti-God message. So that is the catalyst many times uh, for this. Uh, I've witnessed the hypocrisy of believers and the church, and it's caused me to question even the authenticity of Christianity. So that's just some of the reasons why young adults deconstruct as we approach the series or in the series. I just There's some things to remember. Generations Church is a place where doubts and questions about faith are accepted and time to process the answers are allowed. What I want to say is if you have big questions about church belief and practice, you don't have to leave the church here. You can ask the question. You will be treated with dignity. There will be a dialogue that will be established. We welcome hard questions. We don't run from them. We're not afraid of them. We just never really get the opportunity sometimes to have that kind of dialogue. So topics that we've Covered in this series, previous messages. If you've missed them, they were in October. Uh, You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our YouTube channel. We have a podcast on iTunes that is just the message portion of this. And you can go back and you can kind of listen to these. But what we've covered previously is God real? Is the Bible real and dependable for today? Did Jesus really live? Uh, at the end of that message, I had four PhDs in uh, sciences who came to the stage and they talked about, as a person of science, how there is intellectual space to be a good scientist and believe in science, but also be a person of faith. It was a very powerful kind of ending. If you haven't heard that, you need to, you need to listen to that. We talked about... Um, is God real? I've already covered. No, excuse me, excuse me. Science, got out of line. Hang on. Science versus faith and the origin of the universe and humanity. That's the one where the, the PhDs came. We talked about, you know, evolution and Big Bang and issues of faith when it comes to that. And then the PhDs spoke. Is God real? Is the Bible real and dependable today? Did Jesus really live? If God is good, why is there so much suffering, hunger, and violence in the world? Why are there so many people hurt in the church and by its leaders? Uh, Those are in previous messages, and today we're going to talk about a deconstruction question. I disagree with the church beliefs on sexuality, gender, marriage, and family. It's important to address this because some people, young adults especially, have left a particular church over this belief, or they've left the church and left faith Uh, because of it. So I want to address it this morning. Now, as I've mentioned before, the content and structure of these type messages are a little different. So I'm asking for a little latitude. It's not a normal kind of expository message. What I'm going to talk about this morning is not exhaustive to every application and situation. I'm trying to cover a big portion of this, but I cannot go down every every situation, but I would be welcome to dialogue about that. If you come from a different worldview or a different thinking, if you're watching me live, if someone has sent you this link, if you are listening to me on our podcast, or if you are in, in the service live today, I would ask you to listen, and maybe maybe your thinking is different, on this, I would ask you to listen to the entire message beginning to end, some of what I'm going to talk about this morning may be controversial to some of you, uh, or maybe it's just thoughts and thinking that maybe previously that you have not had. But at the very end, I'm going to be very personal with people who are walking this out, thinking through this. So, if you would just uh, grant me the the uh, grace and listen to the entire the the entire message now. I'm going to talk about this as freely and openly as everyone else. Everybody else talks about this. It's on the news, it's on TikTok, it's on every social media platform, music, movies, all of that, and I'm going to address it just as freely as everyone else does. The voice of the church and the opinion of the church in this area is not welcomed, it's not valued, it's not affirmed in any way, it's not sought out. Only silence is expected and intimidation from the church. They use terms like transphobic, homophobic, bigoted as a way to intimidate people from even speaking and opposing views so that we're not going to fall into that trap i'm going to speak as openly as honestly as i can this morning i feel like i owe a biblical and practical response to you not just to you but to people young adults who may be deconstructing young adults who may be considering an alternate lifestyle but especially the high school college students and young adults that go to that go to generations church so i I, I feel like I, I need to address it for all kinds of reasons now I, I have a couple of uh, books and resources that I want to That I want to give, the first is called The Talk by Luke Gilkerson, Seven Lessons to Introduce Your Child to Biblical Sexuality, all right? So if you wait until your teenager is like 15 or 16, you've waited way too late to start these talks, okay? So this book is free for any parent, like if your kids are like 5, 6 to maybe 10 to 11, they are at guest services. They are free. I encourage you to pick one of those up and start the dialogue on human sexuality even now. You don't have to tell everything you know to your 7-year-old. It is a progressive conversation, but we want our kids to know when it comes to the topic of sexuality, you don't have to find that out in TikTok. You can come to your mom and dad, okay? So that's one book that I have. The other, it's a New York Times bestseller from Preston Sprinkle. It's called Embodied, and it dis- it. It discusses the entire transgender identity. It's got a biblical worldview. It it is going down many of the applications and situations that I don't have time to do this morning. If you're a young adult, 35 years of age or younger, and you will read this, that book is free. It is my gift. It will be at guest services when you leave. And if they are out, you can come up here. You can have mine this morning, okay? Also... This message today is not to put anyone down at all, make anyone feel bad. It's not to lift us up and make us feel superior, okay? I want you to understand that this message is about people. It's not about fighting out, you know, church doctrine or reinforcing subliminally some some uh, uh, political agenda. This is about people in their, in their lives. And my desire through the message is to bring hope, to bring clarity and possibly dialogue to those who think differently with the church on this issue. So back to the question. <clears throat> I disagree with the church. I, I disagree with church beliefs <clears throat> on sexuality, gender, marriage, And family. I'm gonna answer this question in several ways. It has kind of several different levels to it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna answer it in multiple ways as I kind of kind of work through the message today. So I disagree with the church beliefs on sexuality, gender, marriage, and family. Now, many times this question is framed because of a wrong premise when it comes to the church in sexuality, okay? Many today think the church is sexually regressive, uncomfortable discussing the topic and not open to new ways or thinking uh, or or expression about sex and sexuality. People go, you know what? The church doesn't like sex anyway, so why should we even value their opinion? They have a bad, you know, they have a, a, a... a bad, they have bad thoughts, bad thinking when it comes to sex, anyway, which I think is wrong. I think it's wrong. I'm gonna read you a quote. I'm gonna quote myself from two years ago in a message that I preached right here. Here is my quote The best sex. Is not a one-night stand or a succession of different partners, but in the bedroom of the married who love and are committed to each other and express that love with healthy, passionate, and consensual physical expression. Now, when I said that two years ago, the whole church clapped. Okay, I wasn't asking for that. All right. Maybe you changed over two years. (laughs) I had one young married couple when I read that, they got up and left. I don't know why, I don't know why. But to dismiss the voice and the opinion of the church because of this false premise about their opinion and thinking on sexuality would be wrong, stereotypical, and dismissive, okay? We believe that God created this But we also believe that he created boundaries for sexual activity, for our emotional and physical protection, okay? Now, what distinguishes male from female? How do we know the difference? I want to give a biological answer, and then I want to give a biblical answer as well. So how do we know the difference male to female, now, when it comes to this, your, you know, your ideology and your beliefs don't matter. It doesn't matter what you think about this because nature has already spoken and nature has already rendered a decisive and powerful verdict on this subject, okay? There are biological males and there are biological females and the outside of that, there is no discussion. The only way the world functions and moves generation to generation is biological males and biological females. Nature has already spoken and put a period at the end of the sentence. How do we know? Three ways. How do we know the difference male and female? External human anatomy. Okay? I'm not going to discuss it. I'm not going to put a picture up there for you, okay? We just know that when a baby is born, the doctor says, hey, what I told you a few months ago was wrong, but actually you have a little boy, okay, or a little girl, all right? External human anatomy. Another way, internal reproductive organs. That's how we define that. Another way, the individual endocrine systems that produce estrogen and testosterone, okay? Those are the three ways that they are very clearly defined. The anatomical design of the human body, the reproductive system that can only perpetuate life by the unique biology of the male and female, okay? Nature is already spoken, like, like I said, <clears throat> the scriptures itself, here's where we come with our biblical worldview. Our, our view on this is not driven by some political platform or some politician. It's been the, the view of the church, you know, for uh, generations and generations. But I want to just touch it uh, because maybe some of you have never, may, maybe you think our belief here is more politically, you know, more politically involved than it is. Excuse me. We believe the Bible is spoken clearly. The scriptures presuppose male and female gender. The scripture presuppose heterosexuality. There is no passages that give latitude to any kind of sexually alternative lifestyle that would include the blessing of God except those that I've just mentioned. Deuteronomy says, 22, a woman must not wear men's clothing, nor a man wear a woman's clothing. This passage says a couple of things. This passage is thousands of years old. So it shows that even during the time of the Old Testament, there were people that were having these, these inner feelings and struggles at that, at that particular time, a long time ago. It also says that God recognized this and said, hey, these inclinations to do this are, are contrary to what is beneficial and healthy to you long term. The Bible says strong things about all sexual lifestyles, okay? It's, it's not just cherry-picked. Let me just let me read this. First Corinthians 6 says, "Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. This is a warning to all sexual immorality that you are headed the wrong way. So it's not just cherry-picking certain things. It is all sexual immorality. Jesus said in Matthew 19... Have you not read? At the beginning, the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason, uh, will a man leave his father and mother and be united to his wife? The two will become one flesh. They are no longer two, but one flesh. What God has joined together, let no one separate. People go, Jesus never said anything on this topic. And I say, You're wrong. Very clearly, he gave definition to the biological identities and they are connected in the very creative order of God. So, our scriptural understanding, not our political posture, our scriptural understanding of gender is that we hold to the biblical belief that gender is a fixed component of our created identity, okay? That's where, very, very simply, that's where some of our belief on this is formed. What is transgendered and gender dysphoria? Paul McHugh from a Johns Hopkins Medical School, he gives, a, he, he gives a good definition for our understanding this morning. Transgendered is that your sex is a feeling, not a biological fact, and can change at any time. Whether you are a man or a woman, boy or a girl, it is more of a disposition or feeling about yourself than a fact of nature. Gender dysphoria, the Mayo Clinic defines it this way. Gender dysphoria is the feeling of discomfort or distress that might occur in people that feel their gender identity differs from their sex assigned at birth or sex-related physical characteristics. So the thinking today is your sex is determined not by what body you're born with. You know, your gender is what you think you are. Now you're born, but your identity, your sexual identity must be discovered by you. That sexuality is what makes you complete as a human being and suppressing it is somehow unhealthy. That failure to affirm someone in this lifestyle is a rejection of someone at their deepest level. Some are almost offensive and say, or offended and say it is harmful if we, if we don't do that. So there's this great cultural pressure to affirm. So it comes back to the question. Why can't you just accept this? and let people just do what they want. Okay? Fair fair question. Fair question. Here's a response. We believe that when people walk outside of their physical and sexual design, that there are troubles and problems down the road and we want to stop that. Okay? Now, it's it's funny to me kind of it's ironic to me how we treat this this issue <clears throat> when we deal with drug addicts okay we speak to them completely different we go to the addict and go hey do you know what's about to happen to you you you're going to wind up in jail you're going to wind up in a ditch somewhere you're going to kill somebody you're going to be shot robbing someone for drug money i mean we go straight to the problems that their addiction causes. But we can't do that with this other topic because we've got to go, you know, it's all about your choices. It's all about your freedoms. It's all, you know, we, we can't say anything about some of the problems that are down the road. It's But would you do that to the addict? Hey, you know what? Yeah, there's trouble down the road, but you know, you have freedom. You have lifestyle freedom and choices. We don't We don't talk to the addict that way, do we? We go remind them of the that there are issues down the road. This is not just an issue of freedom and doing what you want. We care about people. We want them to see the trouble at the end of the road, and that's the same in this particular in this particular uh, argument here or discussion. So there are concerns about sexually alternate lifestyle, and I want to give you some of those, and I want you to listen to me this morning. Okay. So first of all, here are some concerns. The suicide and depression rates of those that are in the LGBTQ community are much higher than any other group across the board. Okay. Now, why, why would that be? 42% of LGBT youth consider Uh, seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year. 70% of LGBT youth stated that their mental health was poor most all of the time, especially during the COVID pandemic. LGBTQ youth are more likely to use substances to cope with bias and stress and more likely to experience increased rates of depression and anxiety than their non-LGBTQ peers. And I say... Why is that? So first of all, I don't care, you know, what your root of depression or suicide is. When I hear there are people that are experiencing that, I, I want to alleviate that. I wanna, but I, I say, where is this coming from? It's all across the board because there's this mentality out there that, hey, if you just align your body with your gender, then all of this internal conflict will go away. But some of the most depressed and people who are considering suicide are people in this, you know, in in this particular lifestyle. So that, that concerns me, the suicide and depression rates. Puberty blockers and gender reassignment surgery involving minors. We are injecting medications into children and teens to stop and alter the normal growth in their bodies at a very formative time in their physical development. We are permanently and surgically altering the bodies of the sexual organs of kids and teens. All right? Like to me, this is not only immoral, it's evil. That we're doing this to minors. Kids that can't even, we don't even let them vote. You know, they're they they can not make. Life decisions for themselves, but we're we're doing this in Oregon. If you're 15 years old, you can transition surgically even without the consent of your parents. The New York Times had an article a few months ago where there are medical doctors that are now pushing back against this thought. They're not evangelical medical doctors. It says doctors debate whether trans teens need therapy uh, before hormones. So they're going, hey, we need to slow this thing down. We need to talk about this. Maybe there's something else we can do before we're rushing to puberty blockers and rushing to, to gender transition surgery of minors. We we need to rethink this. So my concern is just the same as those medical doctors. If you want to throw a stone at me, you got to do it the same with the, the medical doctors as well. So that's a, That's a concern, gender transition surgery, the long-term longitudinal results of gender transition surgery, okay? So the, the longitudinal study says 10 to 15 years after surgical reassignment, the suicide rate of those who had undergone sex reassignment surgery rose 20 times of that of their comparable peers. Why would that be? If you have surgically aligned your gender and your body, shouldn't there be an internal harmony? Shouldn't there be peace? Why, longitudinally, after people have had this surgery, are they still depressed and, and having, suicidal, having suicidal thoughts? It's another concern that I have. The cultural promotion and activism of the LGBTQ lifestyle. It's a concern. I'm going to tell you why. Remember that the LGBTQ community is 0.5% of our population. Not 5%, .5 0.5% of our population. The media oversampling here is unbelievable, okay? When When you watch TV, when you listen to music, when you are just... Casually engaging somewhere, you would think this is 20 or 30% of the population. So the oversampling is unbelievable. So music, media, social media, they're not just acknowledging this anymore, but it is promoting, it's almost an advocacy of this particular situation. Okay. So Brown University posted a study on their website and published it And the pushback was unbelievable that finally they took it down. But it was about the rapid rise of gender dysphoria among teens and young adults. And here's one quote. No one can deny the documented increase in adolescent girls being referred to clinics for gender dysphoria is being augmented by those with no history of the condition. So all of a sudden they saw this rise in teenagers especially girls that were having issues of gender dysphoria but but they had no environmental connection to their family and they were going what is going on here where where is this happening is this just you know now is it just people are comfortable and now they're more open uh more open to to having this so they were raising that question why is just this happening kind of Overnight, Why is the percentage of increase so, so strong? The article got taken down. I want to give you a thought here. I think it has to do with the, the cultural promotion of this lifestyle, okay? As I mentioned, every movie, rock star, musician, TikTok, you know, either they are involved with the lifestyle or they are promoting and advocating the lifestyle okay? There is also an intimidation of those who believe differently, especially on the college campus. There's no latitude for you to believe any differently, you know, if you're on a secular college campus. So this push, this advocacy here, I think, has had a social impact on the number of kids. I want to just say something. Just because You're a young man who does not care about sports or hunting or fishing. Doesn't mean you need to walk out an an alternate lifestyle. Can I tell you, I went hunting one time. It was the worst experience of my entire life. My friend said, hey, I'm going to meet you at three because we got to be in the woods before the sun comes up. Which I said, why? The deer are not going to leave after the sun comes up. They're going to keep walking around in the same space. I think we're good. We get to the hunt and he says, you got to spray this on you. I don't even want to tell you from the pulpit what I had to spray on myself. One of the most demoralizing moments of my life. I thought... Why don't I just sit here and eat a pound of bacon? That will bring them in. That'll draw them in. Just because you're a girl who doesn't care about girl things. You know, you have different interests. You may not get your clothes at Zara or Rizia. You may not, you may have other other choices with your life. Doesn't mean that you are now locked into some kind of alternate lifestyle. Listen to me. This is why they added the letter Q to the LGBTQ a few years ago because they're trying to find anyone that might have any identity issues and questions about their life in this formative stage and go, you know what, you're one of us, come on over. I think it's wrong. I want to say to every young adult or teenager, high school, listen to me. Just because your body is different and your interests are different than other peers does not mean that you have to walk down the pathway of the alternate lifestyle. I believe you are a unique creation of God with your own style, your own body image, your own gifts, your own interests. I think you're a unique creation of God. Just walk in that and enjoy your life. I think we are shoving young adults who are experiencing all forms of identity questions in their formative years into a lifestyle that is going to cause them greater confusion down the road. It's this cultural push, cultural push. I'm just giving you my, some concerns, concerns. <clears throat> Detransitioning. <clears throat> what is it? When people begin to walk out an alternate lifestyle, sometimes they're just living, you know, living that way. Sometimes they are surgically changed. There's a significant portion of people, and you don't ever hear this, who change their minds and they begin to walk back. They go, Whoa, this is not what I thought. 60 minutes. Just a few months ago, did an entire thing on, on people in this lifestyle who are detransitioning, okay? So here is some of the statistics here. Participants' decisions to detransition was, was most often tied to the realization that their gender dysphoria was related to other issues, 70%. 70% health concerns, look at this, 62%. And the fact that the transition did not alleviate their dysphoria, so they made this transition, and all of a sudden, what the world told them this peace and harmony and this alignment and this joy, if you just begin to live, you know this different alignment, you'll you'll you won't have any of these struggles anymore. All of a sudden, they made this transition, and they still felt kind of some of the the same stuff there, and they went, you know what? I'm just, I'm going back. You don't hear this term a lot. You don't see it a lot because it's not really allowed to be spoken, okay? They can't have the acknowledgement that this is not the ultimate end for everyone and this is not the ultimate internal peace and harmony for everyone. The New York Post in June, here was the headline I literally lost organs. Why detransition teens regret changing genders. It's more common and prominent than we hear and think. It's just not allowed to be spoken because it does not fit the cultural narrative. What should a person do who is struggling with gender dysphoria? I I got a, a few thoughts here. <clears throat> from the church, okay, from the church. We believe Jesus offers wholeness of life and reconnection of biology and identity, okay? We, we believe, we believe that it doesn't matter kind of what you come from, what you've done in your past, that wholeness and healing come through the power of the cross and the person of Jesus, Okay? I also believe that whatever kind of issues and problems that you may be having, I think a solid relationship with Jesus will help be the long-term answer. Now, listen to me. It may not happen on day one because this journey that you've been on has taken a long period of time. But I think over time, I think over time, the internal peace and harmony you know, from mind, body, and spirit that you are seeking, I think it can be found in the cross of Jesus and in the person of Jesus. I do not think transitioning, I I think transitioning can move you further from who you really are, not closer, okay? You see, the Bible doesn't condemn transgendered people; it just condemns the activity of that. Okay, so God, God loves you. God cares, and I want to say this to you as well. You know, um, there there are many people who have left this lifestyle. You would not be the only one, but. Those voices aren't, you, know, you you don't hear those voices. They're not allowed to be spoken because they're the opposite of the cultural narrative of the day. Walt Heyer, we have an image of Walt. He identified as a transgendered woman for eight years. He even had the surgical reassignment. But after a long period of time, as I talked about that internal you know that peace and harmony that was promised with this new alignment never came and Walt reached out to the Lord didn't know a lot about God just reached out to God and asked God for his help in this area and now Walt Travels, he speaks to people, he speaks to wonderful people who are kind of in this lifestyle going, hey, you know, man, if you're not happy, if there's no harmony in your heart, man, think think about your relationship with God. Give give God give God the chance. So you would not be the only one that changed your mind and, and gave God an opportunity to kind of do some work. To some, some work in your heart. You know, over the course of my ministry, I've had people come to me, you know, that were, 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 were living lifestyles they're not happy with and they, they wanted to get out. They weren't, they weren't happy. This peace this, that they sought was not here. Many of them, can I say, a number of them, I'll, I'll qualify it that way, were sexually abused as children. Sexually abused as children and now... As adults, they are dealing with this anger and this bitterness and this shame and the confusion that you know that that came you know through that act, and that may be some of you, some of your questions, some of your you know internal your internal questioning you know may may come from an unfortunate event or events that have happened in your past. But I want to say there are many who have found healing and wholeness and fulfillment through the power of the cross of Jesus. Secular culture will tell you that real fulfillment will be found in, you know, just kind of living what you feel, finding your, finding your inner self, okay? And I just think that's wrong. Many that believe and advocate that position are, are people who don't believe in God anyway, they don't believe in God, anyway. So there would not be any other, <clears throat> excuse me, any other answer that they have. But I believe if you walk down that pathway, that belief can create emotional, physical, psychological, and spiritual chaos for your life. Brent, worship team, you guys can can come. We don't all have the same weaknesses and we don't all have the same temptations, okay? Everybody's life different, is different, come from different backgrounds, and we wrestle with we wrestle with different things, okay? But the commonality is that we all have this inherent evil that we're born with and we have this propensity to kind of walk toward, you know, walk toward those temptations. If you're tempted To live out this particular lifestyle, okay? That does not mean that you have to do that, it just reveals, just like everyone else. That there's an internal, you know, evil on the in on the in on the inside of us. If someone is inclined to alcoholism, that doesn't mean that they live out a life of alcoholism. Just because a, a, a woman, you know, is drawn, a married woman is drawn to another man besides her husband, just because she's feeling that doesn't grant permission to go live that out. The Bible says that everyone has these evil. Instincts, And it says to abstain from evil desires that war against your soul. That's everybody. But everybody's temptations and struggles and things that we wrestle with may be a little different from our environment and, and how we were raised. But I just want to say, give God a chance. Just give God a chance to entangle and heal a lot of the maybe confusing emotions that you have. I think, too, to start to walk back to your original design may start to bring some peace to you. You may be living a certain way and you're searching for peace and internal harmony. I think if you begin the walk back to your original design, I think there's that potential for, for peace, okay? I think true peace comes when you make those steps, the world says that you are defined by your sexual identity and that you cannot have a full life unless you are living out your, sexual, your, your sexuality, okay? And that if you don't live out your sexuality, if you don't walk this out, that there will never be real true fulfillment in your life. And I just say wrong, that's just wrong. God's identity for us, God's plan for us is much broader than our sexuality because we are unique creations of God. Jesus was not, Jesus was single, not involved with anyone, not sexually active at all, but had a showed a great life of wholeness and completeness, love for God, and service to others. So if you're here if you're listening and by whatever platform number one I ask you to kind of listen to the end so I want to thank you I'm almost uh, I, I'm almost done I want to thank you for listening to someone talk about something that may be contrary to what you're thinking or have thought or believed you know and, and maybe some of the things maybe made you a little uncomfortable I, I want to say thank you Uh I want to say thank you for uh, for listening to me. My first concern for you is not how you dress or you live your life. It's about your heart and your relationship with God. Okay, I'm a pastor. My ultimate goal is when everyone stands before God, they stand whole and complete, and hear and hear well done. Okay, we none of us came to Christ perfectly. We all came, everyone, with messy lives, messy situations, okay? Even this church, okay? You look at people now and you go, man, they're, they're, they're different people than I am. Not where they started. Not where they started. Everyone came with messy lives, mistakes, mistakes. Legal records, divorces, addictions, broken lives. No perfect person here. But we all came with the hope that through a relationship with Christ, that God could help us. That God could help us. And I believe that you are a a special and unique creation of God. Your gender is not a mistake. It is part of God's plan for your life. All right? The message of the gospel is not a message about sexuality. That's all they take this book and go, this is all that it says. No, it has themes about that. But the message of the gospel is about God's love for mankind, offering forgiveness and hope for, new, for people that come to him. what if I attend Generations Church and I'm having a struggle in this area? Should I leave the church? And I say, no, no. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. You know, and I I'm, I, I, I think you're, you're welcome here. I told you, you're welcome to go here and ask questions. You are welcome to go here and believe even differently than what you've heard than what you've heard this morning, all right? So, no, you shouldn't leave. There's a passage of scripture that I gave you that I want to complete this morning, and then we're going to pray. It says, Don't you know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor the men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, or drunkards, or slanders, or the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Remember that passage that I read? I love this next verse. And that is what some of you were. That is what some of you were. I want to remind you that this gospel is a gospel of transformation and what you started out, what you lived at across the board does not matter. There is change. There is new chance, second chance through the power of the cross. That is what some of you were before you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God and that can happen to everyone one here today. So I want to pray. I just want to offer a prayer. All right. I want to pray for those who may be walking out this path and you're confused. I just want to pray. I want to pray. Maybe you need some kind of clarity. I want to pray for those who might be walking in depression and suicide regardless of what sexual abuse in your life maybe you've told someone maybe it is still a secret in your life but somehow that that those events of your past they are affecting you today I want to pray for parents who may be dealing with some of these questions or issues with uh with some family members you know so I want to pray for our young adults our college students here and High school students, they'll walk whole and free and sexually healthy lives. I just want to pray today. Lord, I pray and I thank you. I thank you for this day. Lord, I pray, and I come with no judgment, no hate in my heart, no hate in my heart. Lord, I pray for those who who may have walked away from faith, they've walked away from a church. Because of because of this belief, Lord, I pray maybe that the seed of the Holy Spirit would <clears throat> would speak and bring illumination. That this is not a you know a, a political thing that we're walking out. Lord, I pray for those that have walked away from faith. God, I pray somehow somehow, Lord, uh, you bring them back. Maybe they can see some compassion and and some caring in this. In this message, I pray for those who are walking in this lifestyle, considering this lifestyle, and they just need some clarity. Lord, they're just not sure what to do. Society is pushing in a great way, saying certain things, but Lord, they need clarity. But Lord, ultimately, they are looking for internal hope and peace. And Lord, I think that comes from you. Lord, I pray for those walking in depression and suicide, Lord, those Lord, for whatever reason, God, I pray some of those that are, are, are just living in, in seasons of darkness, I pray over them today. I pray that the light and the hope of God, Lord, would arrest their heart. Lord, I pray for those terrible, against those terrible thoughts, God, I pray for hope and freedom. And Lord, I pray for those who just who are so depressed and discouraged today. Lord, I pray they'll find a friend. But Lord, I pray, I pray that they'll sense the loving tug of the Holy Spirit in their lives. God, I pray over them. Pray for those walking in depression and, and suicide today. Lord, I pray for those that are, are sexu- have been sexually abused. Maybe as children. Maybe they've told someone. Maybe maybe they haven't. And they're carrying this terrible secret. And Lord, they are feeling anger and bitterness and shame and all kinds of confusion. And what happened years ago is affecting the course of their lives. Discuss this with. Lord, I pray for the touch of the Lord. But Lord, you know. You know what they've walked through. You know the secret that, they're, that, they're, that they're, they're carrying. Lord, I pray for parents and family members who are walking through difficult areas as they navigate this reality with family members. I pray for compassion. I pray for wisdom. I pray for love. God, I pray for reconciliation for, for all of our families today. And Lord, I give you thanks. I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Give the Lord praise this morning. Give him praise. Just a couple of closing thoughts. If you're a high school or college student, you find yourself on the campus, I want to, just a couple of things, okay? We never make fun. We never make jokes about people who... way. Just want to say that. Not that I think that you would do that, but I also want to say you can always graciously stand for truth, okay? That that voice, I get it, it's scary, but that voice is not allowed. They want to intimidate you to silence, you know, but we can always graciously and lovingly stand for truth, so I don't want you to feel like ever if it comes to that topic, I can't I can't say anything, okay, so you'll find, you'll kind of find of your, you'll, you'll find your own voice. Parents, if you are dealing with some of this with your uh, children and family, <clears throat> it would not be uncommon. I told you there is this cultural push in families who are, are now, who thought I would never be answering these questions or having these issues or, or having that, you know, I, I'll be glad in any way to, you know, have a conversation with you, but love never fails love never fails every family dynamic is is just different so uh i'm praying for you i'm praying for your kid i'm praying for wisdom for how you uh for how you uh, handle this also there's a they're gonna put it up on the screen there's an article that i read this week it says why christianity what christianity alone offers the transgendered person it's from sam Alberry. sam is a same-sex attracted christian you know, which may sound the opposite, but I'm just telling you, he's found something here, and he has a very unique perspective. And, the, and you can search that article. I brought a copy uh, with me uh, here, if you if you'd like to like to see that. Also, they're going to put my email address up on the uh, screen. Um, <clears throat> I welcome your comments and your dialogue. Nobody on my staff reads that email address. That is mine. If you have a if you have questions, if you have contrary opinions, if you want to have some kind of dialogue, I welcome that. I welcome that. I'm not a person of hate. I'm not gonna shame you if you believe any differently, but I do want I told you at the beginning, I, I hope that we can have you know some clarity and some dialogue. So you <clears throat> you feel free to email me and I promise you, I promise you personally that I will respond, all right? Um, I'm going to be down here at the front at the end of service today if I can pray with you, talk with you in any way, about anything. It doesn't have to be about this topic, uh, just, just about anything. I know it's kind of a sensitive topic. I know it's not your normal December message. I get that. I get that. But I think it's important that we are not silent in this area. Okay, I think it's important that we have a voice and that we're speaking as well. And this was my kind of only opportunity. So I apologize that we follow joy to the world with this message this morning. So, <laughs> so. Hey, I love you guys. All your young adults, I love you. Whatever age, stage, whatever you're walking through, high school, I love you. I'm your friend, I promise. Regardless of what you heard this morning or what you think, I'm I'm your friend. Thank you for coming this morning. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you for coming to Generations Church. Hey, I have these books. If they're out, I got a couple of books. You can come get these.